it stuck a little for me, so I didn't get it to see, yeah. a little. So I didn't get to see all yeah. of the characters, but um, we missed our Martha. I think we just missed our Martha and Julia Childs, Martha Stewart and Julia yeah. Childs. Well, we we have a good time uh, dressing up, and uh, as I said, uh, Nancy just always uh, you pulled it. Like I mean, look how great you look today. You just put a little bit more time and effort in. <laughs> <laughs> than I do, but uh, but I, I try to be a good sport, and we have a good time now. We're and last year you weren't able to join me, but the two guests that we have on the show this morning were able to join me last year to dress up because it was at a different time in the week, and um, so a little bit later on we're gonna we're gonna show uh, Matt and Nava. Um, I, I don't know if you I don't know if I ever showed you the picture of how we uh, all were dressed no. last year, but no, I want to see yeah, it. Yeah. So um, and and what was really fun always at Card at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, Halloween's a huge big deal, right? And right. we everybody dresses up. Oh, there's the picture of me. Oh, there they are. Yeah. Oh, look. Isn't that? Maleficent. Uh, yes. And uh, and Matt's got his head down, uh, but uh, and we were yelling at him, telling him, lift up your head, look at it. But I think he had a text from one of his kids. But we, uh, for Autism Live, for our crew, we dressed as different characters from Alice in Wonderland. And so uh, our, our wonderful team, we won the team costume award last year, which was really fun. Uh, oh, cool. Traven was the Mad Hatter and Cindy was the Cheshire Cat. And so, uh, and you were the Queen of Hearts. And I was the Queen of Hearts. So, you did great. Uh, it was, it's a very fun costume. I, I have it to lend if anybody needs to be the did Queen you, of Hearts. Did you make that costume or find it? Heavens no. I ordered it. Um, and, and then I, and I ordered the wig and, um, uh, and, and the makeup went all awry that morning, but eventually we got it to work. So, um, it was, it's going, you know, I, I haven't done a, like when you have to put um, clown white makeup on, mm -hmm. um, I had done that many times, you know, I used to be a clown and get paid to do some clowning stuff and it was no big deal. Clown white is not a big deal to me, but I hadn't done it since I turned 50 and clown white goes on your face in a different way when you have wrinkles. It doesn't yes. look as good. All and I did not. It's on differently when you have wrinkles. <laughs> And I didn't know. And so I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> well, I want you to know that I went all out. I don't know. If yeah, you show can us. See. I've, got, I've got leather pants. <laughs> I have on Mara's high heels. You, you did the whole thing, even though we weren't going to see much of it. But I, I and I love that fur vest. Uh, yes. It's a faux fur vest. It's I lovely. don't know what, how she can dress like this every day, but... She does. Well, she has a, she has a team of people who are dressing her, and right. uh, so there we go. And I don't know how Eugene Levy goes through life with these eyebrows, because uh, <laughs> and I was watching last night, and I don't they don't mine don't go really far enough, but it's like you can see them out of your peripheral vision. It it really is uh, a little fascinating. So uh, I don't know what that is, and I, I don't, you guys can't tell it didn't show up, but I stippled because both he and his son are. Uh, very, what's, yeah, I was going to say her hair suit, hair suit, the, darling. Hair suit, hair suit. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, we're Shannon and Nancy, and this is Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nanny, Nancy. We or Nanny, we like you, Nanny, too. <laughs> but, um, we we love to celebrate Halloween with you guys, but we still do a show, and we have two guests that are going to be joining us in just a few minutes. But before that, we wanted to hit in the news this yes. week, and so. 
Um, and darling, we have the stories are quite complex from Laura's brain. Yeah, um, I may need you yeah. to help translate some of this. Mara, it's not a problem. I have this under control. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a problem. We're you are more right. adept than I in some of these research matters. I've got, you know, I've got this figured out. And we're not going to delve too far into the research, but um, there's a really interesting, I, I'm really loving um, Spectrum uh, News. It's something that you guys can subscribe to. It's online. You can go to spectrumnews.org. We've always loved them, but they go through periods of time where I just feel like they're hitting it out of the park. And this week, uh, we've got two of our three stories are from Spectrum News. So we just want to give a nod to them. And this first one is about uh, a subject that's, that we talk about here all the time. Uh, low standards corrode quality of popular autism therapy. And this was an intense read. We're, uh, we're going to encourage you guys to go and look at it because it goes through the whole history of ADA and the funding of ABA and why ABA is considered the gold standard of treatment, but why so many people are not getting the gold standard of treatment right now. And we talk about this on the show all the time. I remember like the first three years that we were doing Autism Live, I was talking about ABA, 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 you got to be doing ABA. And then when people were writing into us and telling us ABA horror stories, I was like, what's happening? Uh, and we began to realize that there is, there are many different uh, versions of ABA out there, and they're not all created equal. And we started talking about quality ABA. Yeah. And this, this article really goes into a lot of different reasons why uh, quality ABA isn't happening, why, um, why that might be happening. And it's, it's very in-depth. If you want to know why people are registered behavior technicians and what they have to do for that, I really want to encourage you to check it out. I think yeah. it's... A lot of it, too, is obviously supply and demand. There's a huge demand for behavior uh, therapists because yeah. of the um, explosion in autism diagnosis. Needs. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of sort of fly-by-night companies, unfortunately, are out there that don't adequately um, train providers. Yeah. And this article goes in-depth in interviewing some of those yep. therapists who say, I was in no way qualified to do this work because of the way yeah. I rushed into it. Yeah. And, um, and they talk about the fact that there are online trainings for that registered behavior technician. Um, but that some people are not really doing the work, sort of how, uh, you know, we know this, that when people have to do a, a driving class, there's all kinds of cheats that people can do. I found that really disturbing because I think a lot of times I don't think that way. I don't think about the nefarious ways that people can do things to cheat the system. And apparently there's people out there that are trying to cheat to be able to get their RBT and they're trying to find workarounds uh, for it. But I will say this, it's there are many different issues here, but one of them definitely is that insurance really doesn't want to pay to train people. I know that um, CARD, which is you know the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, one of the, it is the largest provider of ABA in the world. And I know that they have a standard that they try to set, but it is, 
really difficult because it takes so many hours to train somebody and that, and nobody wants to pay for that. Uh, and I think that that's part of the problem. If uh -huh. we, if, if, if insurance companies were willing to train that process more, I think we would, we would have therapists who would stay longer. We would get more people interested. I also think they got to pay them more, but if insurance doesn't want to pay, it's really hard. Great read though. Really encourage people to read the whole thing because uh, lots of things that you may or may not know that are leading up to this problem of some very poor quality ABA that's out there. And I love the fact that the article doesn't negate that good ABA is still possible and is still that wildly effective thing that we talk about here on the show. Um, okay, moving on to our next story, Nancy. This uh, is from this, Spectrum News. Yes. And this one is too, uh, I, will, I will plead uh, <laughs> ignorance on this. There's too much here to really be able to explain from a research point of view, yeah. but we want to make you aware of it so that if you are as interested in this as I am, um, you will go and read some more about it. And I, I know at some point we're going to have our research people come on and talk about this, but we've been talking about um, phenotyping autism and finding in the human genome, all the different things that are markers that have the potential to um, in some way genetically affect um, individuals so that they tend to be on the spectrum. And I had shared a couple of weeks ago that I just did 23andMe for the first time and I got back my results and I found it so fascinating, right? Uh, it didn't occur to me, and this hit me in the solar plexus in a bunch of different ways. It didn't occur to me how little of that has been happening. You know, I found out that I'm 97.99% of uh, Eastern European descent. And, uh -huh. and I, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting for me. And I, I guess stupidly, naively, just assumed that people all over the world are doing 23andMe and that they're studying this on an epic level with people from all different genetic sources. Well, it turns out that isn't true, that the amount of information about people that, for instance, uh, are genetically um, from Africa is so minute. And they've just started to look at this in conjunction with autism. And Nancy, did this surprise you? Uh, how that how many um, new variants, um, novel gene variants that they found? Because this number is staggering to me. Yes, four million novel genetic mm -hmm. variants in mm -hmm. a research cohort of African children with autism. Four million that previously were not linked to autism. Right. Four million, folks. Do you remember, Nancy, like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, the first time that they found one genetic element that they were like, we believe that this is a factor in autism. And, and it was yeah. one, and we were like, that's crazy. And then like a month later, they were like, oh, we just found 32 more. And then, right. you know, but now to find out that they found 4 million new ones. Four, I just, that. Yes, and that's just in African children. I just, I just can't help. There's so many aspects of this to me that the first one was that I, I was just so personally devastated that I, it had never occurred to me that there's a whole population of our universe 
that were, were not getting access to the ability to look at their genome. Like that in and of itself makes, makes me want to put my head down on the desk and cry. And that uh -huh. we as a group of, like I missed it. I didn't realize, I wasn't thinking about the fact that there are a whole group of people that really haven't had access to that. And that right. how much that hurts us all. Mm -hmm. Four million new variants that have something to do with autism. And, and I didn't realize that we weren't looking at it before. And it makes me, I don't know, it makes me want to change everything. I don't know. I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but I'm overwhelmed by it. Um, and, and it really shows how much we cannot afford to, to be in our little bubbles. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying, Nancy? I just, I, I was so frustrated by that. But now um, that we see that there's 4 million new variants, I think we all have to get behind finding research money to look at that. We, we, you know, we should have known that there was something about that because years ago, there was a lot of controversy that came out of the CDC and there's still lots of controversy about it, but there were spe very specific studies that were showing that the African-American population was being affected differently uh, by all kinds of things, including vaccines, and that, and the charge was you're not looking at that, you're not looking at that, and this to me just raises another uh, flag that says we're all not looking at it, and we need mm -hmm. to look at it. Uh, in any case, did you want to say anything about that, Nancy? I'm hogging the time. No, I think that covers it. Okay, and then our last story, which we wanted to leave you on something a little bit upbeat. Uh, and, th yeah. and then we're going to really bring in Matt story. and Nava. And I, I don't want to hear what Matt and Nava have to say about this. But go ahead, Nancy, talk about. Oh, it's a wonderful story out of uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, there's a um, band and they are actually called ASD because every person in the band is on the autism spectrum. And um, they... <clears throat> They've gotten together during this pandemic and um, they are quite accomplished. There was a, a link to a song, uh, I've Got You Babe, which I found them to be phenomenal. Did you watch that, I, Shannon? I just loved it. I think that they're super talented. I love their story. I love that they were performing, uh, three of the band members were performing at an event uh, that was for something, a charity called Jake's House in Toronto. And they were seen by this manager and he said, this is something, this is something, there's something here, there's lightning in a bottle here and has been managing them, uh, had their first big concert planned, COVID hit. They had to do a workaround. They went into the studio, they recorded, they asked for people on the autism spectrum to send video of themselves and you can watch their video, I Got You Babe, and it features individuals on the spectrum um, singing along with them. It's a beautiful video, but it is. A but they're video. beautiful performers. Uh, uh -huh. They are musicians. The female vocalist is out of this world. Oh, right. It's astounding. I, I, I just am so excited for them, and I look forward to, at some point, I hope we can get them on the show. I do, too. That would be really Wouldn't fun to have. Fun? Uh, yes. So anyway, so those are our news stories for the week. But we, we've been holding our guests up and we want to welcome them back to the show. We mentioned before that Matt and Nava, uh, Matt Asner and Nava Pascoe. Look, 
Oh, here they are. <laughs> are you? I won't be smiling much during this show. <laughs> I can't see Matt. You take down that chair. I'm an angry panda. <laughs> You're an angry panda. Is this in? I, oh, there we are. <laughs> is this in relation to the new center dog, the angry panda, or this has nothing to do with no, that? No, he's angry, Matt, who I forced this panda outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Certainly, we're, we're paying homage to our new puppy family okay. friend. I oh, you have a new puppy. We yes. Do. yes. Let's hear about the new puppy, oh Panda Rose. She's right? Wonderful. Yeah. She's wonderful. She, she's a sheep -a doodle and, and she's my new best friend. Oh, yes. but but she's still the two the uh Willie and Eddie are still a little nervous around her because she's in that nippy stage. Right. And 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 she's a big dog. I mean, her mo the mom was 90 pounds and the dad was 120 pounds. So she's gonna be a big sheep dog. Okay, great. And she looks like a panda. Yeah, she totally She's going to grow into her paws. Right. And are you doing dog training? We are. Um, not as much as we should, but we are. We just started. So we should have started about a month ago or a month ago. Okay. But I've been, I've become quite a good dog trainer. She's, yeah, she's definitely. So, uh, so the trainer has to undo all the, the wrong training that you did. She yeah. has to start from. Because uh, we want, I mean, the main thing is that she's going to be at the center every day. She's not going to be a family pet. And it's very right. important that she is. Uh, and that's why we picked this particular breed who works. Uh, she doodles work with medically fragile children in the hospital. And even though they're big, they're called gentle giants, you know. So right. they're very, And they're hypoallergenic. At some point, she's supposed to slow down a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, after the puppy years, it takes you Now, now Nava, who are you today? I'm a DC comic uh, character uh, named uh, Kaitana. You're yeah. a horse with that. Zaytana. Okay. And who are you, Nancy? I'm Wara from Schitt's Creek. And and I'm David, oh, or uh, Johnny. Oh. We're, we're, we're yeah. Schitt's Creek. Nice. I recognize the eyebrows. Yeah. And I, I, th I, this morning, I thought, oh, I didn't tell you who we were going to be. And I thought, what if they are also Johnny and Moira? And I, and I thought, I'm not going to say anything just in case that is the kismet. But honestly, what? you guys could rock this costume thing. Wow. I think so. Well, I'll tell you something. When I thought, I thought maybe you were going for Groucho Marx. I know it's a fine line. It's yeah, a fine line. Yeah, but I've got my I, I you can't see, but I, I've got my um my bow tie here. Oh, yeah. Uh so I, that's my no, I Johnny I'm Johnny Rose. Johnny Rose. And I can see the stubble. I noticed yeah, I, I got a little bit, a little bit yeah, trying. Good. Uh so anyway, so I we didn't even properly introduce you. We've got Matt Asner and Nava Paskowitz Asner from the Ed Asner Family Center that are here with us. And uh I love that you guys are becoming a Halloween tradition for us now. You guys were so great last yeah. year. And uh and we of course, we just love you guys anyway because you're regulars here and because you're fabulous, but we love the Ed Asner Family Center too. And you guys have something, we've been talking about it all week long, but I want to get more specific about it because you guys have something fabulous happening tomorrow night for the autism community. So tell us all about it. Well, our music director, Judy, is really spearheading it because she is, she just has a, a magic about her with the kids. She's an incredible singer. She can sing any Disney song. So the kids love her. Um, so she's leading 
put your hat back on. <laughs> She's doing uh, a, um, a sing-along and we're all going to look at each other's costumes and, and Judy's going to, you know, interact with the kids and have them sing some spooky songs with her. And I'm forcing Matt in another costume. It's, it's going to be fun. More it's going to be really fun. Like. It's from five to six tomorrow live. Um, and you have to sign in with Shelby and, and, um, so how yeah. details on how they sign up? Yeah, they can uh, they can write they can either go on Facebook and do it there I think right uh, uh, yeah or, but it's actually or, better if they reach out to Shelby at teafc.org. Okay. Okay. So Shelby at the at the Ed Asner Family Center, but just the because uh, I've never done it to te. Tell us again what it is. We, we decided yeah. to get a little shorter email address because the it's you know easier. Ed Asner Family Center is like really long. So. Yeah. It's Shelby at T-E-A-F-C dot O-R-G. Okay. And Traven, if there's any way you can get that up on the screen, that would be great. And by the way, that's the same email that you guys would need to reach out to register for any of the events that are happening at the right. Ed Asner Family right. Center. And there are so many of them. My favorite, and, and Nancy, I don't know if Wyatt has been to this yet, but uh, and it's terrible. I shouldn't say my favorite because you guys have so many great things going on. But one that I've been particularly promoting to people because I think it is, it's in a space that I just don't think anybody else is doing what you guys are doing is the movie chats with uh, uh, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that, you guys. Well, you want me to, you're looking at me. I can't. Ahead, my wig is going to fall off if I look too much to the right. Uh, well, I mean, we had the mental health director, Krista, who you all know, Krista Saad, she and I, um, you know, we felt that there were a lot of autistic uh, social clubs, but I think the thing that made our social club unique is that we have a, a autistic individual who helps us create each event organically, who helps us um, not just create, but um, she reaches out to her community. It's very much um, created by our participants because, you know, there are little subtle things that we've, I've done a million times at support groups that Chelsea just came in and said, oh, you know what, those fluorescent lightings are really disturbing to us, so let's just use mood lighting. And you can't have events like that unless you have autistic individuals creating and, and co-running these events. So we had just started this wonderful, successful show social club with Chris and I and, and Chelsea, and then the, the pandemic hit. So it was really Chelsea's idea that the kids who are really struggling, the young adults and adults with autism, um, wanted to have, have this social interaction. So she is a movie buff. They watch a movie every week and then they discuss it, but it's not just about the movie. It's about having the social interaction, this wonderful friendships that they're all creating and some kids start off a little shy and they turn their video off and they just listen and then eventually they're welcomed in. Um, now we're gonna branch out in uh, November and December. I'm working with Kathy Gott and Judy um, Bennett. Um, we're going to um, take the next step in the social club and um, inspired by Love on the Spectrum, we're gonna have uh, dating um, support. We're going to have our therapists learn. Right now, our therapists in the center are learning um, the ability to not just um, do these social groups, but also if somebody wants to take the next step. And I don't know if you've seen the movie, but how they have like an actual um, 
dating consultant and somebody who can help them from the inception of maybe going on a, uh, a site or an app all the way to having a relationship and just needing a little support for things that we all need support for. But when you're an autistic individual, you need that extra um, bit of support. So because there is there are so many horror stories we're hearing when I'm forming this committee, there's so many horror stories of autistic individuals being really abused and taken advantage of and really horrible stories from going on conventional dating apps. Well, and it, it could also be incredibly on, on its own. It could just be incredibly anxiety producing uh, for anyone, yeah. but certainly for people on the spectrum. So um, it's a great thing that I think we're looking forward to being able to offer. Absolutely, and so we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that, and hopefully um, having it debuting at the end of November, um, and more information to come with that. But if you want more information, if you want to be on our um, our, we're doing a data collection kind of thing right now to see what kids, uh, and I call everyone kids, what um, they're interested in. We're trying to get more girls because we have a very obviously a, a big male ratio. Um, but you can reach out to me, Nava at, and I don't have the new email address, so I'm still Nava at edasnerfamilycenter.org, and uh, I'll make sure to fill you in on um, up to date about uh, Love on the Spectrum at the Ed Asner Family Center. Wonderful, wonderful. I got to say, Nava, uh, not to change the subject, but I, you know, when you first came on, I thought you were Gloria Steinem. Oh, <laughs> I like and you would make a great. Gloria Steinem and anytime we should do like all of the women's rights movement because I can do a mean Bella Abza. I bet you could, Shannon. You've seen me do it before. I, I just I was a fortune teller and I needed a, a ball. <laughs> oh no. Well. Uh and if and and Nancy, which which women rights uh person would you want to be? You could be like so many of them because you're like a Barbie. We could put a different wig on you and you could be any of them. But yeah. who would you want to be? I don't know. I could be uh, the arch enemy. I could be Phyllis Schlafly. I did think mm -hmm. of that, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't uh, know if anybody here uh, that's watching the show watched the series that was on with Mrs. all the right What was the name of that series, Shannon? I you think it was it? Mrs. America. I loved Mrs. it. America. I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's so good. I love doing that with my eyebrows. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> So good. Now I'm doing it for Dan too, Shannon. Uh, well, I, I lose a little bit more weight. Maybe I could be Betty for Dan, but right now I'm Bella Abzug. And I, uh, my dad knew Bella Abzug, so uh, like she was a friend of the family. So uh, I, 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 a lot of people until that show came back out. You and I used to talk all the time, Nancy, because you had been back east during a time. And I, I would put on a hat. Whenever I wear a hat, I always say I'm doing my Bella Abzug. And uh -huh. Nancy's one of the only people who understood that. But then now that series, I say it and people go, oh, Bella Abzug. Uh, anyway. I reference. But, but you also, uh, did, you lived a little bit back east for a while, didn't you? I didn't live back no. east, but but you got to understand my, my, my family. Well, was, mom and my dad were incredibly politically active yeah. uh, when I was growing up, so. I certainly was well-educated in that world. So yeah. I knew who Bella Abzug was, certainly. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it was a time. It was a time. And, of course, I, I had shared this, that uh, when Kamala got the nomination for vice president, 
that um, I remember watching the convention many, many, many years ago. I was like 10 years old and there was a woman on the screen and they, she was running for president uh, and getting votes at the convention. And she was a black woman. It was Shirley Chisholm. And I, and I was 10 and I looked at the screen and I said to my dad, I said, who's that? And he said, that's Shirley Chisholm and she's running for president. I still get goosebumps. And so I was all—I was ten, and the impression that that made on me in that moment, I, you know, I have to be honest. I was like, well, that means that at least black women can run for president. I had never seen a white woman run for president, but I knew that black women could run for president. And I, you know, I've shared before that I, you know, I, because of that, I wanted to grow up to be a black woman. I was like, they must have more rights. It was upside down. I was ten. I had no idea. But, but it's interesting to me that when, when a child gets introduced to the concept of you can, they put that into everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I love that Whoopi Goldberg was watching Star Trek and she was like, well, Lieutenant Uhura is, yeah, yeah. The, is the person who's the head of communication. Well, I, mean, I like the future. I think Star, Star Trek was pioneering in that regard and, right. and, yeah. and in so many and, other ways. And multicultural. Yeah, in so many other yeah. ways. Yeah, take, taking us to the future, um, no. you know. Uh, so anyway. Don't get me uh, started with Star Trek. I know. Don't get it started, for sure. Please, we share this. Uh, and and uh, you actually, you have artwork in your office that is signed by Shatner, yes? I, well, I have a, an 8 by 10 of him ah. and Kirk in my office. But, you know, it's funny because when, when I met Nava, I, you know, the, one of the first questions I asked her was, do you like Star Trek? And she goes, oh, I love Star Trek. So oh, there it was Star kismet. Trek. There you go. <laughs> that was it. it was meant to be. That was it. Um, going back to your genetic, the, the genetic study. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen yeah. some of Jill Escher's um, work on genetic studies? It's fascinating. I mean, it's mostly about in utero, um, you know, the, the causes in utero that can be uh, connected to autism. But... We'll have to look that up. Jill, she uh, was the former past president of um, Autism Society of San Francisco. And now um, she and I are together with a lot of very, very intelligent people. We're doing a uh, fire safety committee with um, many, many different organizations and, and people who are so greatly affected by what happened to Feta and her son, Mohammed and how just the fact that Mohammed was on the second floor and he was 6'3 and 250 pounds, would it have made a difference if he was on the fourth floor? And there's so many things that we are discussing and, and trying to figure out. And then each, each organization and each community is then gonna kind of present that to their own community. How can we help our local community? Um, we're connecting with firehouses near the center and we have a wonderful committee at the center, but you know, it was so, it affected me so deeply. And would you just give us a brief background on that? Yeah, we covered it on the show, but people may not have watched. Right. Well, yeah. Feta, Feta Almighty, um, Al 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 we call her Almighty because that's our, that's the name of the, um, that's actually what the I committee. called her. That's what I called her when I first met right. her. Right. How do you pronounce it properly? Uh, Almalidi. Almalidi. Feta Almalidi. And she was an incredible activist. She um, 
spearheaded a lot of the insurance um, reforms for autistic individuals and their families. Um, She's just certainly an icon in, in, uh, in California activism. And, and she right. had a beautiful uh, son who was nonverbal, uh, had a lot of behaviors. Um, they, she, he lived at home with her. She was a single mom. And um, at the time, her sister and her sister's daughter were staying with them. Feta and her son were upstairs in the upstairs bedrooms and the, the, the sister and her daughter were downstairs. And, you know, I won't get into the details of it, but um, a fire broke out in their house and everyone was able to get out except for Mohammed, who was terrified and upstairs and wouldn't leave the room. And so Feta was being physically held back outside, broke free, went up and wouldn't leave him. And, you know, the, it's, it's the most horrible thing that I had ever personally heard or, got, or experienced because we all think as moms, you know, who could, who could uh, stop you if you're outside and the house is burning? You know, I, I, would, I would do have done the same thing. But there's so many things that could have been done to prevent it. No, no uh, fault to FEDA, but just the fact that we are who we are um, and we can make a difference in another, even if it's just one other family, um, you know, it's, it's really my mission to do as much as I personally can to get the word out and explain in FEDA and Muhammad's honor, you know, um, what could have been done. You know, yeah. Muhammad was terrified of the fire alarm, so he would break everyone that she would bring in. So can we make a fire alarm that doesn't look like a fire alarm? Um, can we have a, uh, you know, a safety orange sticker on, on certain families' uh, doors or windows that say this is a house that has a severe nonverbal child? And, you know, there are so many things that we as a team in this fire safety committee are working on so this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think, I think it's important to, uh, to establish that we all make mistakes and uh, especially in this area. And, and uh, you know, we, we, it forced us as a family to kind of look at ourselves and say, are we prepared? And certainly we're not. No, we're definitely not you prepared. Know, I, I, we're, we're, we'll be the first people to stand up and say, we've never done a fire alarm right, uh, right. In, in our house. We've never done a fire drill in our house. And, and that could have, you know, helped. Uh, we, you know, I'll be the first one to say that some of our fire, you know, some of our uh, um, fire alarms yeah. are, are not working because I, I we took, took them the down batteries, and the batteries out. Because out it out. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's just simple stuff like that. And then it's also um, utilizing today's technology to kind of get through to people, uh, especially to people on the spectrum, uh, and desensitize them to an emergency situation. Uh, so, um, we're talking with a couple of companies. Uh, one specifically does VR uh, and, alter, and um, augmented reality. And so we're talking about the possibility of doing a, a kind of a sensory episode um, of uh, a fire in a house and what happens, what, what, what takes place. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, in school, that's a school the goal. setting. That's the goal. Um, if you're at a campground. All over. Um, you know, the other day I was alone with Eddie and I was cooking something and my oven just lit on fire. And I, you know, I don't know if it's PTSD from Feta or whatever, but my first instinct 
was to just run out of the house. And I literally had a fire going on. I mean, I had to deal with this fire, but I mean, it's, it's, it's in that moment, all reason goes out the window. So the concept that you have a, a, a child who is a giant boy like Muhammad was, of course he's going to freeze, you know? So yeah, right. Muhammad, who was very, very adept at computers, he was very into video games and stuff like that. If he could have had this experience where he put on something and he would use that, if he could put on something and see the experience of, of somebody, his avatar or something explaining to him what, to ha- you know, what, happens during this thing and um it's just it's just another piece to uh be able to be prepared in a situation like this so this doesn't happen again no one thinks it's ever going to happen to them and hopefully it won't um and chances are it won't but if it does um this might give you the fighting chance of getting through it um you know with the the least amount of damage i think it's what an what an important mission and you know what a wonderful way to pay tribute to Feta and her work. And I'm sure that she is smiling at you guys from the other side and appreciative that you're doing that. I know this has just rocked everyone in the autism community, but you were friends with her. You knew yeah, this family firsthand. So. Very much. I spoke to her the day before it happened because she was on top of the world. She was going through a horrible divorce. I think I don't know if they were formally divorced. I don't think so. But she had been married for many, many decades. And uh, she was on the other side. She had just started this amazing podcast with her best friend called The Scoop. Mm -hmm. And it was so cute. And Feta was amazing on this show. I mean, she really was just so down to earth and so raw and so real. And she was really excited about the show. And she, she... got in touch with me and she's like, I want you to be on the show. I want, um, and, and the next day this happened and I, I, you know, I'm still, every time I think about it, I just can't ex- accept it because she was such a bright light. I mean, she had so much more to do in her life. So absolutely a true tragedy. No, a real tragedy. I would imagine a lot of these precautionary measures could come into play if there was an earthquake as well, yeah, right? Definitely, definitely. And also with all the fires in California, somebody had written recently, <clears throat> please make sure to add, what do we do in a household when, um, like in Irvine recently, you know, I had friends in Yorba Linda, they had to evacuate in minutes rather than hours. And so that would also be included is, is different scenarios um, uh, for fire safety. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of wanting to help, we have a parent who's asking a question here, and we've got four parents here with extensive experience. None of us are medical experts, and I need to make sure that I point that out. Uh, But Christina would like to know, why doesn't my son, uh, why does my son act better after a clean out? He uh, just started a dairy-free diet two weeks ago, and we did a laxative clean out. He's a totally different child. He looks at us and interacts with us. What can I do to get the same effect without a colon clean out? And first, we have to say that it's imperative that everyone understand that you not give your child laxatives for a clean out unless you are doing it under the direction of a doctor. Um, that's, it's a very specific thing yeah. and it can be a very dangerous thing. You should only be doing that under the care of a doctor. Um, so we want to say that first, but I think 
I think each one of us has had different experiences with, with biomedical and with our kiddos. Anybody want to talk about what your experience is with this? Um, well, well, I think, go ahead, Nava. No, I was just going to say, you know, with Eddie, I tried it all. I mean, I was a naturalist. I went from the natural perspective. I, Eddie was gluten-free, casein-free for years, and I didn't feel it did a darn bit of difference for him. Um, but I nursed him until he was four. So um, for me, it wasn't about, casein wasn't an issue because he wasn't drinking, he wasn't drinking uh, regular milk. He was, he was uh, drinking water when he wasn't nursing, which was constantly. Um, but I had had a child with milk allergies, uh, my older son, and to me, there's a very specific, I, I don't want to get controversial, but, you know, there are some kids who that's their only source of protein and fats. And, and, and uh, I've seen milk allergies and they're very obvious, you know, they're very, it's very obvious when a kid has a milk allergy. So in my opinion, um, I didn't think Eddie had a milk allergy before he was even tested. And I was right. He didn't have a milk allergy. So when he started, um, when he started to uh, have other things, I, I did give him cow's milk and I didn't notice any, um, you know, any difference w one way or the other. The only thing I noticed that's very glaring is sugar. I think sugar mm -hmm. makes a huge difference in uh, kids, especially kids like Eddie who have ADHD and autism. Willie doesn't have ADHD, but he, you know, he's a totally different person when he has sugar. Um, I, the laxative thing, I've, I've known a few kids who have gone into really serious uh, level, like um, uh, imbalance and low blood pressure, and they, their parents had to rush them to the hospital. One kid went into cardiac arrest from laxative. So it's very dangerous if it's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think there are natural ways to give yeah. kids laxative. I give my kids magnesium powder if they're stuck up. Um, laxatives are synthetic. They're very aggressive. and Especially for a child. Yeah, but there's tons of natural laxatives that you can give your child, not just fruits and prunes, but magnesium powder and, and certain vitamin C. I, I would I would also you know suggest to Christina that um, you can go to a, um, a, a GI doctor and, and talk to a GI doctor mm -hmm. because you know, the connection is there, and, and certainly, oh, certainly, I think that um, they, they would they would be guiding her in, very well uh, from the GI perspective. Uh, yeah, to, to go to a GI doctor. I can remember doing a show with you. I'm sorry, Matt. I can remember doing a show with you a million years ago. One of the first times you were ever on the show, and we were, you were talking about the phrase um, "happy gut, happy life." Mm -hmm. I don't. And I agree with that a hundred percent. But I agree with that. I mean, I, I, it's true. I mean, look. I mean, you don't have to be autistic, or you don't have to be autistic to have a, a clean out and feel great. I mean, it's 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 a great thing for anyone because um, we all need that. And and I think. Um, uh, but so I but I mean, if you have a, a condition and you're, uh, I mean, a clean out can be one thing, but it can also, there, there are incredible amounts of things that go out that aren't supposed to go out. Yeah. And so you feel the really good. The good and the bad come out. Yeah, it's, it's really, there's a, um, 
I, I mean, I think you said it perfectly in the beginning, which is, you know, I wouldn't try anything aggressive or synthetic unless you have doctor's supervision. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't try anything synthetic anyway. But. She might, this mom might notice a difference just being dairy free. She's only done it for two weeks. So I know the oh, yeah, difference. Sure. Yeah, I noticed a difference with Wyatt uh, pretty much within a week or so after going gluten free and dairy free because he does have dairy intolerance. And I his gut was affecting his brain and he started, he had pretty much stopped talking and he started talking at the age of three going on the GFCF diet. So she might want to just stick with this and see how her son does. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a huge difference between uh, like a natural diet or a GFCF diet and um, laxatives. So I think that that uh, you know, there's there's a certain amount of kids that that are really helped by that diet, and there's a certain amount of kids who it doesn't have a difference, yeah. and that's with anything in life. Yeah, I think that's the really important thing is that each one of our kids is their own little biome system. Right. And um, you know, you've gotten some clues now that being on the dairy-free diet for two weeks and giving him an opportunity to do a reset in his colon, which I'm, again, I'm sure you're doing with a doctor, has had a positive effect on him that you're seeing behaviors that you've been wanting to see. So that's a clue to your child. Now, I don't think it's that it's the clean out that's doing it. I think that it's a combination of that whatever was there, you got rid of. So it's not so much about doing a clean out as much as it is maintaining a healthy gut from here on out. And if, the, and if the gluten, or excuse me, if the dairy um, having eliminated that has already made a difference in two weeks, I think that's a clue to your kiddo. Um, right. and, and I think that what we have here is like this little, uh, you know, almost like a little study here because that mirrors what we see in real life, that not all kids do have a great reaction, you know, uh, that you were saying that your kids didn't, Nava, but Nancy's yeah. did and mine did. Right. And, and exactly. so everybody, but, but they all had different reactions. And I think that that's important to acknowledge as well, but, but this is a quality problem, right? It means that you found that there's a clue here and now, right. now you're just going to follow the clue through and see, you know, you're not going to do another colon cleanse because you wouldn't want to do those back to back. Right. But you're going to continue on with the dairy free diet. And I'd love to see where you are in a month because both Nancy and I, our kiddos started on the path to getting back to language as a result of removes, removing not only the dairy, but the gluten. So something to consider. Uh, we're almost out of time here, but I'd love to give you guys, we've got about two and a half minutes here. I'd love to give you guys more time to, to again, give the resources of the Ed Asner Family Center. I know that you guys have a really important gala coming up. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're prepared to talk about it yet or just to say that there's a, there's a gala uh, coming up and, and more will be revealed later. Well, there is a gala coming up. It's on December 13th and it's not to be missed, but I can't talk about it yet. That's all right. Are You'd you have to kill us. Are you doing it virtually? Are you doing it remotely? Yes. But as soon as you hear about it, you'll you'll understand why we're doing it virtually and, and how it's how much fun it's going to be. Okay. Uh, but um, we'll, we'll have you back on to tell us all about that. Yeah, one. I mean we'll be we'll be able to make an announcement. I'm hoping within a week. If I'm not able to make an announcement within a week, I'll, you'll you'll have to find me somewhere else. Okay. 
then he's going to move to a different country. I'm going to move to Canada. We do want to talk about our new, we have a new um, uh, star on our show and, and it's a new addition to the center at home uh, programming. And that's Kamina star. And you know, Kamina who we love uh, Kamina, Nancy, you know, Kamina. tell us about Kamina. Kamina um, has been a really good friend of mine for a long time. I met Kamina um, years ago at, at, a, at some of the walks, but Joe, as you, you know, you can just hear her saying this, Constantly, every time I see her, she'd say, "Did you call Kamina yet?" Yeah, I get you guys together. You guys are there's magic there. You've got to get Kamina. You've got to call Kamina. So after um, the last um, uh, Autism Works Now fundraiser, Kamina and I got together, and she did. I don't know how to describe it other than she put a spell on me because mm -hmm. I was in a block. I was really in a bad place. And she's a magical person. I mean, she does this energy healing. Uh, she does um, a lot of different things, but her energy healing to me is the most, um, it's, it's incredible. And I really, really feel like she has the touch. And so when she heard that Chris and I were doing our health and wellness show every week, um, she came on a couple of times and I, and she's just so incredible. And I said, Kamina, you know, you should have your own show. And her idea was because she's in the process of finishing her book and her book is all about, uh, self-care for caregivers. So her show every week is going to be a combination of self-care and healing. And right. it's going to be just an extra way of supporting the community. You know, it's mostly about um, support for our caregivers, support for our moms, support for our dads. And every week she's gonna have a new topic. She's gonna be doing um, little healing um, techniques on the show. And it's every Tuesday, right after Chris and I show from 3.30 to four. And you don't wanna miss it, it's amazing. And so Mike, what we wanna add that she is an autism mom, of course. Yeah. She, is. she is, so her caregiving is right, um, she's right, you know, in the trenches with all of us. And she's just an amazing lady, very dynamic. And I think her book is going to be incredibly successful because she speaks to uh, a community that really, in, you know, has not been heard and has not been supported as much as they should be. And um, right now it's, you know, it's so, it's so current and so needed for her to speak up as a strong black woman, who's mother of this incredible her daughter is incredible. I don't know if you saw they her, did the show together, her first though. show. Oh, I'm sure. going to have to replay it because a lot Very of people funny. have requested that. And her daughter is brilliant. Um, yeah. 18-year-old Kina. And um, and so I think I think people are really going to respond to this show. And it's, it's, it's something we all need right now because we don't know how long we're going to be in this state of, of, you know, fear and anxiety. And Tuesday is just, you know, the the beginning of it. I don't think it's the climax. I think it's the beginning of it. Let me ask you something because um, a lot of times you have great programming, but it's at a time during the day when I'm not able to be there. And I know that at other people you just said are asking, so are the shows recorded in a place where we can see them later? Yeah, everything's on YouTube and okay. uh, it should be on our website. It's okay. not, it will be at some point. Okay, uh, great. And also on Facebook. So you can okay. go back on, on our timeline, on the Ed Asner Family Center timeline, and you can find everything there. 
And, right. and it's not just it's not just those shows. It's uh, Nava and I do a show on on Fridays. We have um, drawing lessons and arts and crafts. And I actually the arts and crafts is one of my favorite things because uh, our, Aviva is amazing. Our art director Aviva does it, and and they're they're so fun mm -hmm. and they're so amazing and. You know, it, it's something that the family can do together. Yeah, and, and she's uh, very eco-friendly. She yeah. always uses uh, materials that are just right around your house and seasonal. You know, she's doing a lot of this uh, Halloween stuff now. And and we also have we also have in uh, classes that are going on in the center right now too. We have two classes that are that are happening right now: uh, an art music class, which happens on Wednesdays, and an art class, which happens on uh, on Sundays. Mm -hmm. You guys are doing incredible work. I wish we had more time, but we're out of time. But again, you if you have, uh, is there any age limit on who can come to the sing-along? It's for everybody, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, from four to, from four to four, I was going to say five. 44, but <laughs> we're both four holding five? that. No, there's oh, no age limit. There's, there's, you know, it's whoever can stand in front of their Zoom for an hour, you know. And once again, that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow from five to six, and we're going to go live with um, amazing Judy Langdon. And once again, if you want to join, write Shelby at teafc.org. There, there it is, is on the screen. Shelby, and don't forget, it's it's four to is it five to six Pacific yeah, time? Five to five six, uh, Pacific time. So if you're on the East Coast and you want to come, it's a little bit later for you. But I know my family, we've we've worked out our Halloween plans around that because I wouldn't miss it for all the money in the world. That's what I like to hear. That's, well, we believe me, you know, you guys do such good work and it helps. It's helping all of us and it helps to center us. And I know we're all sick of Zoom. It's different when you're seeing these wonderful young people. It is yeah. so refreshing. It's yeah. not like a business meeting. They just want to see their friends. I mean, that's the whole thing about Halloween. They just want to show each other their costumes. And, you know, I've been telling Eddie for three months that we're, we aren't having that same Halloween party we had at the center last year. And yeah. he just actually realized it finally after three months and had a total breakdown yesterday. Yeah, because these kids, they don't, you know, he, it, it's disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Yep. During this time. yep. So, but I think you're doing exactly what you should do. I know at a point you were talking about doing something in yeah. the parking lot in person. And, and, and I was talking with you guys about that. And then we were actually on a zoom call and yeah. uh, little Emily said, no, do a Zoom call. We'll get to be there longer. We'll get to yeah. talk longer. To have kids see each other from afar, they can't get out of their cars. So in that in this regard, you know, they can really take their time and see each other and talk. And I think it's best. I agree with you. you, you, you I just lost my ear, bud. <laughs> that means it's time to end this show. We're already five minutes over. We love you guys. And bye-bye. And Nancy, I'm sorry, I wasn't hearing. But anyway, bye-bye for now, you guys. Have a wonderful Bye. Halloween. We'll see you on Monday. Uh, give all your kiddos a hug from me. And yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye from Wara and Johnny. That's right. That's right. Bye,